Today is Wednesday, December the 12th, 2018, and this is Life Words Day by Day. I've got a warning for you. Today it's not a life word, it's more like a life paragraph. So stay with me, we got some ground to cover. Zachariah is an old man without a son, without a boy to pass down the family name and legacy. He, he doesn't have a son to teach how to hunt or throw a spiral or change a flat tire. Well, maybe those aren't the exact types of things that were on his mind, but you get the point. But one day, Gabriel, an angel, shows up and announces to him that his elderly wife will become pregnant. Two shocking things. First, an angel speaks to him. And then the promise that the angel makes. Zechariah finds that hard to believe, and as a result of his unbelief, Gabriel makes him mute. So for nine months, Zechariah has not been able to speak. He is trapped basically in his own mind with his own thoughts. And as soon as he's liberated to talk, he begins to speak. But what's of special interest is about whom Zechariah speaks. We would expect him to go on and on about his new baby boy. That's what I did when my kids were born. But who does Zechariah begin singing about? Is it his newborn son? Nope. It's Jesus. Well, why? Because his son, John the Baptist, has no real significance outside of Jesus and his work. So why does Zechariah do this? Well, because just like his wife Elizabeth, he understood that this was an extremely important time in redemptive history. God was visiting his people just like he promised he would. And I love this lyric that Zechariah speaks. He has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, that we should be saved from our enemies. Doesn't that just fill your heart with Christmas cheer? Well, what is he talking about when he speaks of raising up a horn? Is Jesus like a trumpet that blasts forth a message? Well, Jesus is like that, but that's not what Zechariah has in mind. The answer lies in the fact that just like the Israelites, the chosen people of God, they had enemies, we too have enemies. And because we are sinners with a rebellious heart, we have been separated from God. We really are enemies to ourselves. And we choose the advice and the company of our enemies. And those enemies want to maintain the separation that exists between man and God. You see, God created the world and everything in it, including you and me. And all of creation finds its meaning and purpose in life in Him, who we are, what we are supposed to be doing on earth, how we are supposed to relate to one another. All of those life questions find their answer and content in God. But Satan, an enemy of God who wanted to destroy all that God had created, convinced the first people, Adam and Eve, to turn their back on God and to find their significance in themselves. God had told them not to eat of the fruit of the tree that's in the garden, but they rebelled against God's love and rule and chose to eat the fruit thereby breaking their communion with God and exalting themselves in their minds to a godlike position. Isaiah 59.2 says, Your sins have made a separation between you and your God. Adam and Eve essentially said, God, we don't want to find our significance in you. We want to find it in ourselves. We will determine what makes us significant. And so they ate the fruit of the tree. And ever since that day, people have been attempting to find their significance in themselves or in created things. And they have been coming up empty and frustrated, depressed and lonely and angry and jaded and on a constant search. 
We try to fill that loss of significance with a host of different things. And it looks different for everyone, but let me just run down a list for you of how this might look in our lives. You might find your ultimate significance in your husband. His love for you, his concern for you, his attention brings you ultimate significance. But your husband was not created for you to find ultimate significance in. Rather, marriage is a picture, and the husband is to picture for us how Christ loves the church. But the husband is not Jesus. He's going to mess up. Or, or we gain our significance in our jobs. Our lives are defined by our job titles, and our significance and security is wrapped up in our careers. But our careers are not meant to serve in that capacity. Work itself is a picture. It's to remind us that we are producers and servers in God's kingdom. For some of you, you find your significance in what label you wear. And so your clothes are what make you feel special and significant. And if you can't have a certain brand of clothes, a certain style of shoe, or a name brand handbag, then you feel less than and would rather just stay home. But clothes are not, not, not meant to bring us significance, but even they are a picture. They are a picture reminding us of the fact that our shame and guilt needs to be covered. And God is the one who sacrificed in order to do just that. But instead of finding significance in a redeeming God, we try to find it in designer genes. If your ultimate significance is found in the picture and not the reality, then you are reflecting the world's worldview. And this is why marketers advertise in the way they do. They want you to believe that a pack of Marlboro cigarettes makes you a real rugged man. And they want you to believe that real motherhood is that you can successfully juggle career and home and family and appearance so long as you use their special product. They are selling significance and we are buying it up and ending up frustrated, depressed, insecure because none of those things were designed to bring you ultimate significance. Those are things the enemy uses against you to keep you separated from God. You have enemies. You are one to yourself because you want to be your own king. And you are searching for that which makes you significant. And other enemies are feeding you lies. And since we have real enemies who want to keep us in our sin and separated from God, we need a real Savior who has the power to overcome our sin, to deliver us from sin, and to reconcile us to God. And that's exactly what Jesus did. In this proclamation, Zechariah calls Jesus a horn of salvation. Well, what's he talking about? He's talking about the horns that are found on the heads of animals that are used for attack and defense and destruction. Horns were a symbol of strength and power and security. That's why all of you deer hunters want a big spread and a bunch of points on those deer antlers. It gives a sense of accomplishment having taken down such a powerful animal. Psalm 18 verse 2, the Lord is my rock and my fortress, my shield, the horn of my salvation. And God has sent the power and strength of salvation. That horn of salvation is Jesus Christ. Jesus attacks and destroys and conquers sin. And he has come that we might be saved from our enemies, saved from the grip of sin, delivered from the penalty of sin. Well, how did he do this? God sent his son, Jesus, the horn of our salvation, to live as a man and do what no man can do, which is to live a perfect life. He never gave in to the temptation of sin, never gave in to the enemy's ploys, therefore being completely pure and holy and blameless. 
and he voluntarily became a sacrifice, dying the death we deserved. He died a sinner's death, even though he was not a sinner. Sin must be punished because God is holy. And after dying the death that we deserved, Jesus overcame the power of death by rising back to life, thereby purchasing redemption for all who would bow their knee to him and place their faith and trust in him. He is the Savior. And apart from Jesus, you are still in your sins. And you will receive the punishment for your sins, which is an eternity under the wrath of God. But if you know that you're a sinner and turn from your sin and receive Jesus as the strength of your salvation because of his work on the cross and in the resurrection, you will be saved. Just like John the Baptist's significance was directly tied to what God was doing in order to bring about redemption for mankind, so too is our significance found in God's salvation. And when we find our significance in God's salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ, the door opens, us, opens up for us to see and get involved in God's story. From the LifeWord team worldwide, broadcasting in 43 languages to 121 countries and to an audience of 2 billion people, we pray that you'll walk with Jesus day by day.